0: Hi, everyone. We're finishing our November series, One Another, today. And the phrase, one another, occurs in the New Testament over a hundred times. And they are sayings from Jesus, from Paul, from Peter, from James. And most of them are in a couple different categories. About a third of those one another passages have to do with living in harmony with one another. Another third uh, talk about the need for Christians to love one another. Last week, Pastor Trevor had a message on the passages that call for an attitude of humility toward one another. That's probably about 15% of those passages. And they say things like, serve one another, wash one another's feet, clothe yourself in humility toward one another, regard one another as more important than yourself, honor one another. Then there's about 11 passages left, and, and they're Kind of all over the map, they say things like, don't judge one another. We're called to bear one another's burdens. We're supposed to speak the truth to one another. We aren't supposed to lie to one another. We're supposed to comfort one another. We should encourage and build up one another. We should stimulate one another to love and to do good deeds. We should be hospitable to one another. And then James calls us to pray for one another. Corey and Amber uh, read that a few minutes ago for us. You know, if there was ever a time that we need to spend significant time reflecting on these passages, it's November of 2020. It's been a hard year. I mean, who would have ever foreseen all the things that we've gone through in 2020? 2020. I just think about where we were a year ago. You know, 2019, the week before Thanksgiving, we were starting our all-church conference. And we have it the week before Thanksgiving, every single year. And it's, it's a community celebration. We have hundreds of people we just pack into the gym. We have a wonderful meal, our own Thanksgiving, our own community celebration as a church. And I love it we gather and and we celebrate what God has done in the previous year through our church. And then we we talk about God's call for our church for the next year. And we elect our officers and we elect our budget. And um, like I say, it's Thanksgiving as a church family. In 2020, they're recommending that extended families don't even get together for Thanksgiving dinner this year let alone an annual meeting with hundreds of people. All church meeting is at the end of the fall and it really, it kicks off Advent. And that's a really busy season around here. We start with our night of thousand candles and that's the first Sunday of Advent. And it's the time that we all come together and we begin this journey toward Christmas Eve. And we sing songs and we raise candles and beautiful evening. As we progress in the weeks of Advent, Uh, We share our living nativity. Um, Thousands of people come and we get to share the birth of Christ together as a church. Uh, Buses will come in from Spokane. It takes a couple hundred to 250 volunteers every night for a whole week at least. And, you know, there again, we spend time together and we laugh together and we share stories together. We eat together. Everything culminates on Christmas Eve with candlelight worship. And we pack the sanctuary once again, and we light candles, the Christ candle with Advent. And then we, we all raise our candles. And you know, I love nothing like singing Silent Night with a congregation all together, raising candles Christmas Eve. And it's all right before the new year. We all know we can't do those things this year, 2020. Not like we've done at least. You know, a, a month or so ago, our staff joined together with um, thousands of other church leaders throughout the, the United States and, and also the globe in this virtual leadership conference. That I've gone to this conference many, many, many times over the years in Kansas City and. Um, it was a great thing for our staff to be able to do for a couple of days. And they started with this overview of news stories throughout 2020. And they pasted them all together into a video. And it was just crazy watching them back to back to back to back our year in the news. We started out the new year with an, uh, an impeachment, <laughs> then the news of a pandemic. Asia, Europe, Italy was on lockdown. They ran out of hospital space. Then US cruise ships were stuck at port. And Seattle and New York were the first we knew to have the cases and there were nursing homes. Then we had all the ventilator issues. And then it really went crazy and the shutdowns and the masks and the PPE and no toilet paper. (laughs) Businesses were closed. Churches had to go online. There was economic decline. And we had bleach controversies, and we had vaccine controversies, and then George Floyd in the midst of it all. and racial division, riots. Then the fall hit, and they just couldn't figure out what to do regarding schools. I, you know, so many small businesses closed. And then we had the Supreme Court nominations and then the presidential election. And you know it's been several weeks and we're still not finished with that. And those are just the big stories. I mean, who would have seen that coming a year ago? The other day I read through our annual report from 2019. It talked about what we did in 2019 and then what we were projecting to do in 2020. Honestly, I was amazed how pertinent that report was. Because we talked about how the church in Acts didn't have a building. It didn't have a campus. The church, they were a people who were supposed to do what Jesus did. I and mean, that was it. They were supposed to do things like, you know, feed the hungry, to heal the sick. They are called to give the thirsty a drink of water, clothe the naked, They're supposed to ease the suffering, the pain of the people around them. We talked about how that was going to be our call for 2020. Then we looked at Jesus' story of this Samaritan who got off his donkey and took care of someone who no one else would bother helping. Then we asked, what might that look like in our world? What might that look like in 2020? And we were called to do the same thing. We looked at how Jesus cared for the physical and spiritual and emotional needs of the people he met. And again, we talked about doing that in 2020. We asked, what if we were known as the church here in town, in our community that helped people learn how to care? if there's one thing 2020 has brought, it's people who need care. You know, I talked with our church consultant, Reggie Neal a lot throughout the pandemic. And and I was interested, I even cited his illustration for a church in that 2019 report. And he talked about the church and how he likened it to an airport. You remember last time you flew somewhere it was probably for a lot of us before the pandemic if you spent time in an airport you you get your bags checked in and you get your tickets and you know you make your connections all that stuff but the airport was never ever your destination it was a place of connection i mean the airport is absolutely critical to get to your final destination but it's not your final destination. And often, you know, churches, we think that we're the final destination. Jesus never said, I have come to give you church and church abundantly. He said, I've come to give you abundant life. The church is not the destination. We're more like an airport. We're a critical point of connection we're called to help people experience the abundant life. You're not going to get to Hawaii without going to an airport. It's a huge part of the journey. The same thing's true with the church. It's about the kingdom, God's kingdom. This is the type of church that we want to be. Now, 2020 changed the analogy. I was reading in my report. Um, I actually wrote these words Our members understand they're viral agents in the world, bringing about the kingdom wherever they go. You can't, pretty much can't use the term viral agents anymore after 2020, (laughs) but the concept's still good. And even more so in 2020, right? Because we want the disciples of Hillspring to be living out their faith in the front lines, all over this community in need incarnating the kingdom wherever we go. We couldn't have planned for 2020. I think the first book that I read by Reggie was called The Present Future. And he had this chapter in there that really, really affected my thinking. And frankly, we referred to it a lot in this last year. And it's about the difference between planning and preparing. Reggie said, the rate of change that's happening in our world has meant you can't do long-term planning anymore. I mean, you can, but see, planning is based on incrementally pushing what you're already doing into a world that you can envision, that you can imagine, and it's basically going to be the same as the world today. Now we know the technology for the things that we're going to be using in a year or two, they haven't even been invented yet. So rather than predicting planning, Reggie talked about prayer and preparation. And for a church, this is so much more biblical. Nothing of any consequence ever happened in the Bible because God's children, God's people planned it out ever. It's not what we want to do, it's what God wants us to do that's important. I mean, that's the key to the abundant life right there. Everything that happens in the Bible happened when God's people prepared to be part of God's plans. They discern God's call, they pursue it. We've had a huge lesson in planning versus preparing this last year. I mean, over and over, we just had to let our plans go and follow in faith. We've had a lot of stuff to learn as a leadership team. And that's changed every couple weeks, you know, as we've tried our best to have integrity as we understand what the rules are for being church at this time we wanted some criteria beyond ourselves. And so, you know, we we adopted John Wesley's three general rules and we've used them over the years, but nothing like this year. First, do no harm. Second, stay in love with God. And the third, do all the good you can. I mean, time and time again over this year, those rules, they've helped us have integrity as we've tried to make decisions on how we can best witness to our faith as we seek to be the church in 2020. And we've had to make some hard decisions. The couple weeks leading up to the shutdown, um, everything was changing so fast. For the first time since i've been here our giving just went down i mean before the shutdown we needed twenty eight thousand dollars a week to make budget here at the church and i think that last week we had four thousand come in we decided uh, we needed to cut as many as expenses as possible and quickly invest in becoming an online church and some staff went on furlough. Everyone else, we all took pay cuts. And honestly, we'd do that differently. Looking back, we'd still invest in tech, no question whatsoever. But our church has been incredibly faithful uh, throughout this year. I mean, right away, you know, after a couple of weeks, our giving came back. Um, we were able to bring staff back. And we were able to really invest in creating an online church. We've done so much in 2020. Um, I'm incredibly proud of our leadership team. Those early weeks, I, we had so much to learn. And we had these Zoom workshops from our homes, all of us on how to record video, how to do audio, how to do the lighting, I mean, all that stuff. And we had to learn new technology we had to learn new software packages. They were amazing. It was a steep learning curve. I remember on Easter Sunday this year, 2020, I recorded the message multiple times at my house. And uh, Saturday night at 11 o'clock PM, I got a call from our incredible IT tech guru, Trevor Hollenblack, basically said, you know, I've been, he he was editing the songs. Uh, that was when we were just starting to do those songs, editing them together from all the different musicians' um, houses. And it took like, I think they said it took like 10 hours per minute at first or something like that. But anyway, he called me 11 o'clock at night and he said, The wind is too loud during your message. You got to re record it. Couldn't use the video at all. And, uh, We live pretty far out on a farm and my Internet is incredibly slow. You know, it's the best you can get out there, but it's what it is. And so uploading those videos, I mean, frankly, they take longer than the video is. Uh, So I had one shot. I knew it in the morning. I get up early, um, had to wait for the sun to come up, record the message over so that I could upload it in time for Trevor to get it and edit it and put it in with the rest of the worship. And I never thought I'd do that on Easter Sunday. Usually my wife was the videographer and she'd record the messages. And I remember one time I recorded a message like four or five times and every single time I get to the end and it didn't record. I thought she wasn't paying attention, which is not her. And I finally realized my phone was out of memory because of all these videos that have been taking over the last month or two. And I had to delete them all and then I was fine. I mean, there are so many stories every one of our staff have like that. I, finishing a message and then watching it before I send it in and realizing my dog was in the background doing things you just don't want to see during a sermon. <laughs> Incredibly proud of our leadership team. They have done a phenomenal job through this crazy year. And I'm so proud of our church. And you've been amazing. Your faithful giving has helped us to recreate our ministries, to engage this digital world that we now live in. We've moved to designate 100% of our Fifth Sundays uh, to help the, the hurting, our offerings on Fifth Sundays. And this year, so far, we've raised over $115,000 for families in the Tri-Cities. Um, but also Honduras. And, and we've had a mobile market um, every month. One time we actually had two in one month, and we just had one the other day, and consistently we're feeding 300 families a month over in East uh, Kennewick area. And We provided things like food and medicine, and, and now this last week, hurricane relief uh, for our friends in Honduras. We raised $25,000 for hurricane relief in Honduras about a week and a half ago. And I'm just so proud of our church. So in lieu of our annual meeting, uh, we put together a series of videos just highlighting our ministries. And and we really wanna thank Justin Brault uh, who has been putting them together for us. And some are already online. You're gonna see more coming up in uh, over the next week or so. just highlighting every one of our ministries, what we've been doing. And generally during our annual meeting, um, we take our budget uh, and, and our offices and we vote on um, all of that in our All Church. Um, according to our bylaws, our elder board has the authority to do that. And you know, frankly, we can't gather this year Nobody wants a three-hour Zoom meeting with hundreds and hundreds of people in it. And so we're just gonna leave that to the board this year. Um, I do want you to know, uh, we've just decided this year we're gonna use the same budget from last year and same officers from last year. And we'll distribute copies of all of that for people. Uh, I think that's incredibly important for everyone to see. But the thrust of our ministries in 2021 It's all a posture of preparing for what God has in store for us. Um, Pursuing God's call because, you know, we can't plan in this season. That said, we do plan on continuing the designated community offerings on the fifth Sundays, and it's our goal to continue to thrive in every single area of ministry. And you're going to hear about those goals in the ministry area videos. They're all gonna be on there here pretty quick. On behalf of our leadership team, uh, we're committing to each other, but to each of you, we wanna journey into this unknown season together. And we wanna use the one another passages we've been looking at over the last several weeks as our guide for our community continuing to be the church throughout this season of pandemic. Paul called us to live in harmony with one another. Jesus calls us to love one another. Peter said we should have an attitude of humility toward one another. And James asks us to pray for one another. We've prayed for you over and over and over this past year, and we know you've prayed for us. I believe if we continue to do these things, we're not only to get through this pandemic, but we're going to grow together and our church will continue to thrive.